Anyway, that's after service today. Are you guys happy to be here this morning? Um, we are talking about generosity here in this church uh, to this week and next week. And here's what I believe. Our church has been growing, not just numerically with a lot of people coming. That's good. That's great. We want more people to know Jesus. We want to change more lives. But spiritually, we have been growing. Have you guys been finding that you have been growing in the Lord and being a part of this church? Somebody please say yes, because my job is on the line. Okay. Thank you. Um, but we've been growing. You know, we've been, we've been going deeper. We've been fasting. We've been doing stuff that has been blessing the church. Here's what Proverbs 11, verses 24 and 25 says. A message version. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Okay, and this is a verse that I would like us as a church to continue to memorize, to continue to think about, to hear repeated around our church all the time because it's a very simple, simple thing that, that God is saying, here's the, if you do this, then this will happen. It's a simple formula. He's saying, the more that you learn to give away, the more I will bless you and enlarge your life and enlarge your world. It doesn't make sense in the world's eyes, right? The world says, the more you give, the more you lose, right? In, in everything else, it's like, if I give stuff away, if I give myself away, I just lost out on that kind of stuff. But in God's economy, in God's worldview, he says, the more you're generous and you give, the more I'm going to actually bless your life, and it's going to become bigger, and the expectation is, now you have more to give, and then I'll give you more back, and you have more to give, and it's an ongoing, amazing cycle of blessing. And so I believe that our church growing and all the, the fruit that we're seeing from our church is largely in part to the fact that we're developing a culture of generosity. Amen? You can see it, it's evident around in the way that people are giving up of their time. The amount of volunteers that we've had that coming on board in the last maybe year or so, there's volunteers from all ages, from the kids to like the time setters, you know, the life well lived. There's just in every area, people are coming out, they're giving their time, they're volunteering around here. Mini churches. Mini church used to be something that we all loved and we got a lot from and we all had our special little club that no one else could come into, right? A lot of our mini churches were like that. We're learning to be generous and say, there's a lot more people that need to have a little club like that. And so we're going to start multiplying our mini churches, start splitting. In this year alone, from January till now, we've started 22 new mini churches. Is that good? That's awesome because that means that's more opportunity for people to get involved with the family of God and not just hear about God, but actually live life together with other Christian family members and really build strong relationships. So that's a good thing. So we're seeing generosity in that. I'm seeing generosity in, in what people are giving actually financially. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. But giving towards the needs, the kingdom, the church of God, the house of God. We're able to do all that we do. We're building new buildings. We're, we're launching new churches. We're doing all of this stuff because people are going, hey, I'm going to invest in the kingdom of God. So we're, we're seeing that happen. Um, the compassion video you just saw on there. We're going to have compassion weekend in a couple weeks. And what that is, is, is basically us sowing seeds and adopting and sponsoring kids through Compassion International uh, around the world. We've tried to, as a church, adopt uh, a portion of the Philippines. So most of us are all, we, we, we want to basically change a whole neighborhood, a whole community, not just do random stuff all around the world. That's good. We're sowing seeds, changing lives. But we're kind of going, it would be cool if our church Hope Chapel Kanyoi Bay just blasted and adopted all these kids from one community and watched our church be responsible for changing a community around the world and growing that community for Jesus Christ. I love Compassion International because there's a lot of organizations out there. They are all about giving people Jesus Christ. It's not like we give the food and then we invite them to church once in a while. 
They're all about the only way that they minister to people is through the local churches. You can't be a part of Compassion International without hearing about Jesus Christ, without getting involved in the local church. It's not just transforming their lives through finances, but through their whole family and the spiritual needs of the the community is getting met. It's an amazing thing. I went to the Philippines and my mouth was just jaw dropping like, oh my gosh, this is These people need this so bad, and this organization is directly leading people to Jesus, meeting their needs, their education, all of that. Sorry for the the commercial for Compassion. You're going to hear that in a couple weeks. But this church has sponsored our first Compassion Weekend we ever tried here. We sponsored over 500 kids, almost 600 kids in one weekend. I'll tell you this. The people at Compassion International were pretty stunned that the first weekend ever at one church our size could sponsor that many kids. And I'm so excited because that tells me That's the heart of our church is to be generous and to love on people and to give away. So our church is growing because of that. We're doing all these outreaches and these cleanups. And someone in our church, Lisa Snyder, started her own ministry called Hope Closet, which is amazing, which she just said, I already give, but I want to give more. I want to do something bigger. There's a lot of needy people in Hawaii, and I want to get involved with She's kind of a one-woman Salvation Army, in a sense. She gathers all the used stuff from people, and then she catalogs it and organizes it and inventories it in her garage and her friends and her mini church, and they got a big van, and then they go on these missions of love where they just drive around and find families, and they just bless the heck out of these families and give them furniture and clothing and all appliances and all this kind of stuff. And along the way, they're not just going, here's some free stuff, but they're saying, we're doing this because of Jesus Christ. And we want to invite you to, to get involved in church and to know Jesus and they're praying with people. And there's just this culture of generosity that's going around. But I want to make sure that we always are talking about that. That's why that verse, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. I want us to always be thinking that way. I believe as part of our Christian life, we need to be stretched into to giving and not just always receiving. Even us as a church, you know, there's stuff we're doing, decisions we're making that you guys might think maybe they're different. Other churches don't seem to do that. One of the things we're doing is this, this bulletin here right now that you guys have in your hands. In a, as of a few weeks, we're tossing it. We're getting rid of it. We're deciding we're going to go paperless. We're going to do everything through digital stuff. We're going to keep the notes because you guys are a note-taking church, right? And I love that about you guys. You guys are not just here to be entertained, but you're like, well, I need to write this stuff down. This is good. God's going to speak to me. There's one of our girls, Jolie Takazono. She just moved to Japan for a mission trip for several years. She says, I'm all in for God. I'm going big. I'm going to the nations. She just moved to Japan, but I saw on her, her Facebook or her Instagram that she had a stack of these from like three years or five years. She had all of these catalogs, and she goes, here's my equipping. Here's my being fed in the, in the, the gospel, and she had this stack of all of these as God spoke to her. So we're going to Continue to print the notes so you guys can write on that. And of course, we will continue to print the offering and tithe envelope because we got to survive, right? We got to keep the church going. But we're getting rid of the thousands of dollars in printing costs for that stupid piece of paper right there (laughs) that you guys leave in the seat backs in front of you every time when you walk out of this room, right? And we're just thinking all of that ink copying and all of that paper and stuff, all that thousands of dollars, we should be pouring right into reaching more people for Jesus Christ. And so, sorry you guys are going to not have those, but there's a good reason why. Amen? And so we're learning. How do we be more generous and, and, and give away and do the right things? We want to do the God decisions, not the good decisions, right? And so we talked about that. We, I don't know if you guys have noticed, we did away with all of our food out there in the courtyard. We're not going to spend any money, time, or energy on all that food. You guys get vending machines from now on, right? You saw those things? We figure you don't really come to church to be fed anyway other than spiritually fed, right? It's nice to have a snack, but we're doing something where we're not spending any money 
on food anymore. The company comes up, they stock the stuff, all the money goes right back to them. We don't even worry about it because we want all of our money to go into reaching more people for Jesus. Amen? Amen? And so I'm sorry if you're hungry, but we do have vending machines. So anyways, that's how we're dealing with that one. Um, another thing that, that you might find interesting, and I know some of you might be bummed over this, but we've made the decision to take our sermons and services off of TV and radio. Maybe just for a season, maybe forever. Um, we do live stream everything. You can find us at our website. You can go to YouTube and Vimeo and you can get any sermon through that for free. But um, we've taken ourselves off TV and radio. Here's the reason why. It literally costs us thousands of dollars a year to put ourselves on. And people go, oh, it's good promotion, good advertising. Here's what we found. Pretty much every single person we've ever talked to that's heard us on radio and TV is already a Christian. I don't want to spend thousands of dollars in feeding people who are already in their churches, their local churches or in our church, when I could be using that money for outreach and starting new ministries and starting new churches and paying staff that can grow the church bigger to reach more people for Jesus, amen? So I know there's people going, oh, but I used to love to listen to you on the, the radio or whatever, you know? And I'm like, you know what? You can download it, put it on iTunes, podcast it, whatever you want over there. But we wanna be about being generous to the people that need it, not the people that are already kind of getting fed. Is that okay? So even in, in my own life, in my own job, I'm trying to be generous and not selfish in that I don't want to be known as like the, the big-headed rock star preacher that thinks it's all about him in this church. Carl Moore does not make Hope Chapel operate. Jesus Christ makes Hope Chapel operate. I just happen to be one of the guys that speaks the messages, right? But I'm only one of the guys. And God anointed me as the shepherd, and I get that, and I know my position. But on the other hand, I don't need to be the guy preaching every week. I want to be developing all the new preachers, the young generation of guys, the guys on the staff, Pastor Tom, Pastor Brad, Frank, Scott, Rob, all of those guys and the, the new guys that are going to be coming up. And the way to make them good and let them get better is to share my responsibility and my pulpit with them. Amen? Amen. So do you understand that it's not about us all the time in life, that God is saying for the greater good to happen to enlarge your world, you got to share, you got to be generous. And so that's what we're talking about today and actually next week as well. One of the things that I want to hear from you about is we got you guys involved in the whole not focusing on ourselves thing by doing a seven-day Daniel fast. And you know what that did? It took the attention off of us and our selfish desires for cheeseburgers and milkshakes and candy and all of that stuff. And we gave up some food so we can eat nuts and berries and twigs and you know whatever, oatmeal, for a week so that we could say, it's not about us. It's really hard, but it's really not about us. We're gonna go to God and we're gonna seek God and we're gonna not be selfish about what we want, but we want what God wants, amen? And so we did that, but in the midst of that, I wanna make sure that we hear what God did. I know that God spoke because it wasn't about the food. It's about pressing in and super seeking and praying to God, right? And God did stuff in my life. God did stuff in many of your lives. He brought breakthroughs. And some of them might have been small. Oh, well, God just like changed this little situation. But I know it's because I was pressing in and getting into his word and praying and seeking him. And some of you guys might just go, you know what? Something that was a, a problem for years got solved because I know I was seeking God in fasting. Here's what I want you guys to do is take this thing out of your bulletins right now Literally, I want you to do this. Don't just go, yeah, yeah, whatever. Listen to me, guys. This is a big deal. When God moves in your life, the Bible says we're supposed to give testimony and give glory to God where the glory is due, right? Where the credit is due. So I would ask every one of you guys, if God did something big or small, a breakthrough in your life because of that fast, even if you just changed your diet habits because of that, and you're like, wow, that's better for my body. I learned that alone. I want you to write that down. And if you would, 
write your name and number so that we could contact you, so that we could maybe follow up on the story and we might wanna do a video testimony, we might wanna read it in church, but we want your permission. So either write it down in church right now or go to the email or the Facebook account or the Twitter account and write it and say, hey, God did something for me, here's what he did, here's my number if you wanna follow up in here later. But guys, I, the whole object here is let's make God famous. God did something, we sacrificed ourselves a little bit for a week. My friend came to church. Just write that down. If God did something, we want to hear about it because we want to share about it and we want to testify. Is that good? So don't just ignore me and go, oh, I brought it out and now it goes right back into my thing. I want you to take the time, fill that thing out and say, yes, God is a good God. Yes, God answers prayer. Yes, when I draw near to him, he draws near to me. Amen? Amen. Okay, so we're going to do that. But today we're talking about generosity and we are talking about dun, dun, dun. Tithing. Oh, how many of you guys are like, I'm out of here. I was waiting for this. I know the, I know the stereotype sometimes is, oh, churches, they just want our money. They just want this and they, they just want that. Well, part of the reason we're going to see what tithing is about is that the church does need to operate. And as you guys know, we don't sell anything. So we don't make any income from anything other than we're giving you Jesus Christ and we're equipping you in the word and bringing people to know Jesus. So partly... The way the church operates is it's funded by people who tithe and people who give their offerings. Yes, but I believe there's way more to tithing than that. And if you'll hang in there with me on this sermon here today, I want to show you that tithing is a huge benefit to every believer's life and the reasons why. So we're talking about tithing. Tithing is important to me. I've tithed most of my life as soon as I was old enough to understand what it was all about. Tithing simply means, the word tithe simply means a tenth. Okay, it means a tenth. And here's the deal. God in scripture had been asking his people for a tenth of all of their income. And you know, a lot of times he, he relates it to farming terms and to, to, to cattle and ranching and stuff because that's what they did for income back in the Bible days. But here's God saying, because we have relationship, because I've done so much for you, would you just, in relation to me, give back one tenth of everything that you make of all of your income? And that it was, a, it was a lifestyle. So you might tithe, if you're a tither in here, you might tithe every week. You might tithe every two weeks when a paycheck comes. It might be a monthly thing. It might be at the end of the year. You wait and you save up and you drop. Either way, it's still 10%, right? Amen? Makes sense? We're still giving God a part of all that he's given to us. And so here's the thing about tithing. I really believe in it. Um, I want to talk to you about what the Bible says about tithing. And I want to talk about what it does for us. So first of all, here's what we see. In the Old Testament law, right, the law of Moses and the Levitical law and all of that, we see that God actually spoke to his holy people, the Jewish nation, the Israelites, and he said, because of the relationship we have, if you want me to be your God and you be my people, I'm going to do this for you, but you need to do this for me to show that I'm number one in your life. And so Leviticus 27.30 says, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. All throughout the Old Testament, the Old Testament law, remember, people used to live under the law. God said, if you want to have a relationship with me, you got to do these things so that we can have a relationship and then I'll be your God. Then Jesus came along, right? So the Old Testament, you see, it was all about the law, following the law. Then Jesus came along and God said, I've got a better way, as it says in Hebrews. He came up with a better contract between God and man. And Jesus became the once and for all sacrifice and payment 
for us to get to know God and have a relationship with God. So we don't have to do all these little laws and regulations. The moral concepts we still have to abide by, right? Loving other people and being a blessing and all of that. We still have to abide by that. But we don't have to go and do all the little sacrificial, uh, bring a lamb to be slaughtered on the altar and all of this. There's a lot that changed when Jesus came. He's our once and for all high priest. We don't need to go through all that ritual anymore. So in the Old Testament, I'm just giving you guys a background on tithing. Old Testament law said you must give a tenth of everything. Jesus comes along in the New Testament and you go, he paid the price once and for all. Maybe we don't have to do that stuff anymore. We don't, we don't have to tithe. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew 23, 23. He's talking to the um, keepers of the law, the religious leaders and the Pharisees. He says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? You're acting like hypocrites and here's why. You're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, your mint, your dill, your cumin, all that. You're so careful to tie those little tiny things. But then he says this, here's the problem. You ignore the more important aspects of the law, such as justice, mercy, and faith. He goes, you guys are tithing good over here and obeying the law good over here, but you're kind of blowing it in this area. And then he says this, from Jesus now, New Testament. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. In other words, he says, you should do both. So here's interesting thing. Old Testament law says we should tithe. Well, maybe when Jesus comes along, maybe we don't have to tithe, except Jesus mentions it here one time, and he goes, it is good to tithe. I still commend it. I think it's a big deal. So God in the Old Testament says, it's important to me to tithe. Jesus kind of mentions it one time in the New Testament. He says, the only thing you Pharisees were doing right is tithing, but you need to do the other part of the law too. However, now here comes the tricky part. Tithing is only mentioned in the New Testament eight times, and two of the times refer to this same statement Jesus made. The other times in Hebrews are talking about another time before the Old Testament law was given when Abraham had just won a great battle over his enemies and to thank God he instituted, he took on himself this idea of tithing. He goes, I just won that victory but I realized that it wasn't me that won the battle. God is on my side, he's first in my life. As a sign of worship and thanks for that victory, I am going to give 10% of everything that I have to this high priest named Melchizedek to be given to the uses of God. So here, in a nutshell, just for you guys, people say tithing is only an Old Testament law. It was found all over the Old Testament law. Yes, God expected it and required it and commanded it. New Testament, Jesus kind of said, hey, it's good that you tithe, you do the other things too, but that's all he says is it's good to tithe. It's never, and listen to this carefully, in the New Testament, we are a New Testament church, right? The living in the new covenant with Jesus. It is never required or commanded. Some of you guys right now just think you got off the hook. Like, yeah, so I don't have to tithe. I don't have to think about it. Well, if you want your way out, technically, scripturally, there's your way out. However, it's not just an Old Testament law thing because here's Abraham being celebrated for doing it 430 years before the Old Testament law was even given. Here's Abraham being commended for saying, I'm doing this simply because I love my God because God is powerful in my life, because he brings me victory, and I want my God to know that he has power and control of every aspect of my life. Amen? So here's the thing about tithing. You see it before the law, you see it in the law, and you see a little bit of it after the law, but scripturally, you cannot prove that we as today's church, it's ever commanded or required. However, here's my thoughts on the matter, that when I read scripture and I see how important it is to God, it was in the Old Testament, and then I as I explore and I study and I understand what it can do for me, here's my decision. 
I cannot help but want to tithe. And my, I guess my message for you today is I want to show you how important it is that no, God isn't required of you, but it can do amazing things in your life. It could change your life. Just like fasting is not required in scripture, but how many of you guys were blessed for, for taking a step of faith and fasting that week before Easter, right? It does stuff in you and you're going, wow, I, I should probably do this more often. Man, I got deep in the word. I got deep in prayer. God did some stuff in my life. And I'm gonna tell you this, that I can speak from a personal experience of tithing all of these years and seeing what it's done for me. And I'm gonna share with you guys today that what it can possibly do for you. Because here's, here's what it really comes down to. Hope Chapel believes in tithing. I believe in tithing. We want to give you the best life possible. That's part of our vision statement is giving people the best life possible through the four things that we believe in, the four values that's on our wristband, right? Is connecting people to God, connecting people to his family, is equipping people to serve and empowering them to win the world. But we believe that part of the best life possible is if you can tithe, what you're doing is you're maximizing the blessings. In other words, as you learn to be generous in all things in your life, this isn't just the sermon on tithing, it's about generosity in all areas. The more you surrender to God, the more you bless other people or you bless God, it makes you someone that is blessable. Does that make sense? Is in order to get blessed, you need to first be a blessing. And so this is part of what, what tithing is all about is, it comes down to this. I just wanna please God with my whole life and money happens to be a part of my life. Amen? Amen? If I'm someone that says, God, thanks for all the things you've done. I love you. I so appreciate you. Here's pretty much most of my life. Then God's going, there's some, else, some, some more stuff over there. Do you want me to bless your whole life? Are you telling me you love me with everything in your life or just most of the things? And tithing is a way for us to please God. Number one, I write that in your, in your notes right there. I said, pleasing God is, I want to please God with my whole life and money is a part of it. Um, if you love someone, you want to be able to please them, you want to do the very best that you possibly can to make them happy because they have a set of expectations. If giving our money and having control of our money is important to God, then I want to do that for God because I would love him and I want to please him and he takes care of me. You know, the past few years, I've, I've been being kind of, I guess, primed and trained to become the lead pastor of this church, right? And about a year ago in May, um, we made the transition from my dad being the lead pastor to myself being the lead pastor. And it's weird because he was always my dad, my senior pastor, my boss, and suddenly I became his boss. And that's weird, right? That's just like, what? Yeah, that's crazy for me. But in the time leading up to it, there was a few years where we were being prepared where they said, well, actually, he said, hey, you know that you're supposed to be the lead pastor of the church, right? And like, that's the moment, the holy moment where I was just like, heck no, Right? <laughs> And yet the Holy Spirit kind of spoke through me and I said, yes. I'm like, what am I saying, right? And it was one of those holy moments where you just, you know you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do and you're, you're walking, you're calling and you say yes. And so the years leading up to that was always knew it was coming and, and I always was going, because I want to please my dad because he's handing this off to me. I don't want to be the guy that goes, Carl, here, take the church and you just maintain that the best you can and just stay in maintenance mode till the rest of your life. That'd be awesome. I knew that I have a calling that says, I want to stand on his shoulders and build off his foundation and take this church bigger and farther and farther around the world and reach more people for Jesus and start more churches. And we're going to go and we're going to do big things. I want to please him and show him and make him proud that I'm going to take something and I'm going to run with it and give to the best of my ability. Amen? Anybody with me on this? You want to come along for the ride? We're going places, right? But here's the thing. With God, if we want to please God for all that he's given us and all that he does for us, 
I don't want to hold back. I want to say, money's a big deal to you, God. It's a big deal to me too. And when I sacrifice that to you, I'm showing you that you're the man, God, that I'm here to please you. I'm here to make you happy. I'm going to give everything. So part of it is just we want to please him. But secondly, what I think in that is also that it allows us an opportunity to invest in his purposes. I wrote this in my notes. Is I want to build God's house and God's kingdom. Do, do you, anybody in this room, do you have love for the house of God? This is God's house right here. Do you love your church? Do you love the place that God feeds you through and the people here? I hope you do. We've got amazing staff members. We've got awesome ministries that we do. We put on good services. Everything is to say, we want you to have the best life possible. And so in, in return, we're just hoping that you would say, I want to be a part of that. I want to invest in that. I want to keep that thing going. What God says in his word is that we get an opportunity through our tithes and offerings is to build God's storehouse, his, his local church. Look at Malachi uh, chapter 3, verses 8, starting in 8 through 10. This is God speaking through the pop- prophet Malachi. And his people had kind of wandered away from putting him first. His people were kind of like, yeah, God, we used to thank you and give you tithes and offerings, but you know what? We're doing so good right now. We're kind of lazy and we don't really need your help anymore, so we're not really going to give anything. And so this is what God is speaking to these people. He goes, you know what? You, you guys have cheated me of the tithes and offerings that are due to me. You're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. And he commands this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. Here's what storehouse means in the temple. Back in Bible days is... He's saying, bring them into the temple treasury. Bring all your grains, all your cattle, all of this stuff. Here's the reason why. The priests and the church staff, the Levites, those that operated the temple and that organized all of the the messages from God and the outreach to the community, all of that, they didn't get paid. They weren't allowed to get paid. So they worked for God and God said, you're gonna get your payment from the church. That's why I need people to bring tithes and offerings to add provision for those that work in the church so that they could also bless the community and give out and do all that they do. So in essence, he's saying, your tithes and offerings are sowing into all that the church does in growing God's kingdom in the world. Does that make sense? Real simple. We don't sell anything really, so we don't make any money. So it's all based on people going, I'm investing in the house of God. That place feeds me. I guess this place does good stuff in the world. So part of the reason why I give, I'm going to please God and I'm going to make sure his word gets out because my friends need Jesus. And if the church shuts down, then what's going to happen? We need to make sure that this thing continues to go. So I have love for God's house and all the things that happen. Think about all the stuff that this church does. We come and we just kind of think, oh, it's cool to have the church. Who, who pays for the electricity to, to put on the services every weekend? Did you guys know that we reached just under 4,500 people on the weekend of Easter services? That is a record for this church, biggest we have ever reached in one weekend alone. God is doing stuff in this church, Amen. And that's cool, but you know what the better number was? The better number was 146 people met Jesus Christ for the very first time. That's something to rejoice in right there, amen? But again, even that, you know what makes all of that possible? Is us going, God, I'm gonna invest in your purposes and in your kingdom to make that happen. Here's the other thing, our, our singles ministry getting started up right now, right? We have a singles ministry, Pastor Frank, he's starting a monthly service called The Summit. And at the summit, his very first meeting he had, they had over 170 people show up at this thing. And how's this? He gave a short message. They did a big interaction thing, let people get to know each other, like check out who the other, you know, hot Christian girls are, hot Christian guys, like singles ready to mingle, whatever. But it was in the house of God. What better place to find a spouse, right, than the house of God? But anyway, they come together. And in the midst of all those people coming together, Frank gives a message, 10 people give their lives to Jesus Christ. Is that cool or what? I love that. But again, 
You know what makes that possible? Is us donating and investing in the kingdom. We are changing lives. That's where part of our tithe goes to. Amen? Is that a good thing? So all of the stuff that we do around here, the ministry, the new churches that we're starting, by the way, we're starting a new church. I don't know if you guys have heard in a few weeks. We've had an extension service in Kahala Theater that my dad teaches on Sunday mornings, and we have decided to launch them out as their own fully autonomous, self-serving, self-sustaining church. So now we have started another church in the community. This is the weird part is now the son is sending out the dad who's like 67 years old, and he's planning a church, a brand new church. Is that cool or what? That's awesome. I love that. But again, you know what makes that possible is part of us going, God, we're investing in kingdom purposes. I gladly give towards that because lives are changing. That's amazing. I had an amazing time yesterday. This is so funny. I went to a birthday party, my wife and I and our family, and I got to talk to this 14-year-old kid that's in our church for hours, okay? A 14-year-old boy. Um, All the kids are out playing and stuff and just having this conversation. I love this kid. And he's just sharing with me um, all the things that this church has put in him and invested in him and his life. And he's just sharing how he loves Jesus so much. And he just wants to like tell people about Jesus. And he gets bummed that people don't understand what God actually did for us. So he'll tell his friends, hey, would you be blessed? Would you be stoked on someone if they they jumped in front of a bullet for you and they gave their life for you? And he said it when his friend's like, yeah, that's crazy. Well, what about that? He goes, Jesus did that on the cross for everyone, right? That's his like point. And they're just like, whoa, whoa. And this kid's like, and he goes, yeah, I think God wants me to be a pastor someday. I'm like, you got it, man. This kid could speak. He has the love of the Lord. He, he was eloquent, 14-year-old holding conversation with adults all day yesterday. I'm just like, I was impressed, right? Me at 14, my mind was on girls, surfing, digging my nose, you know, whatever. <laughs> Here's this kid that's all about the kingdom, and he's just fired up. And he goes, I have a hard time talking to people, you know, about Jesus. I mean, he's not weird, because sometimes you think, oh, super hyper-religious, weird kid. He's not. He's just natural. He loves Jesus. He goes, I have a hard time explaining people and inviting them to church, but then you guys gave us the wristbands. He goes, I love those wristbands. He goes, I took about 40 wristbands from the church. And I went to my King Intermediate School, and and all my friends saw the wristbands, and they wanted them. And I said, can't give you one until I explain to you what it's all about. And he explains to every kid, and he's inviting them to church, and kids are getting saved. And then he goes, I go with my youth mini church here in this church. We go once a month to the mall just to offer prayer for people. Instead of mini church, we just go pray. And he goes, and I met this guy in the mall, and, he, and I asked him for, if he wanted prayer, and he said, yeah. And then I prayed for him, and he was all stoked. He asked for a card to the church. I invited him to church. He comes to the Sunday morning service every week now at 9 a.m. I was like, what? This kid is amazing, right? And he's just going, I want to be a pastor someday. And I'm just thinking, you know what? Me paying my tithe actually invests to make that kid possible in all he's doing. He's going to be someone you're going to see on stage, I'm sure, in the next 10 years or so. But you know what? I get the opportunity to invest in kids like that because of what this church does. Does that make sense to you guys? So it's not like, oh, we need your money for this or that. You you know we're using the money towards righteous purposes. So God says we get to be a part of all of that. Here's the other thing that tithing does. I got to get through these things. I got about three more of them. We're going to go fast. Tithing helps us to prove our faith. Malachi 3.10 says, if you do tithe and give to the storehouse, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Then he says this, one place in scripture, he says this, doesn't say it anywhere else. He says, try it, put me to the test. That's a big deal for God to say that. Most of the time he goes, don't question me, don't put me to the test. I am God, what I say goes. In this one time in scripture, he goes, I dare you. I dare you to test me. I told you, if you tithe, I'm gonna pour out the 
open the floodgates of heaven, you're gonna get blessed. It's a guarantee from my heart. In fact, test me on it. I dare you to try this. Here's what I know about tithing, as well as a lot of things in life, is that faith takes action. If you say you believe in God, then you have to put that faith into action, right? Faith takes action. See, playing it safe in God's kingdom when it comes to faith or tithing or whatever, playing it safe can rob you of a blessing. You guys believe that? If God calls you to do something, he makes a promise and says, this is guaranteed gonna happen, and you go, yeah, no, then guess what? You just lost out on a potential blessing, amen? See, it's like this. I take my kids to Waimea Bay to jump off the rock. You guys, anybody ever go jump off the rock at Waimea? Come on, it's fun, right? It's like 30 feet up, and you're like, yeah! And the first-timers are always like slapping their arms, right? Because they don't know how to, to fall right, and they're always like this in the air, rolling down windows. Ah! Right? And then a smack, and like, ah! Oh! Right? But it's so fun, and there's this thrill. So I take my kids to Waimea Bay. We get up on top of the rock, and it's always the same. They're all excited. Let's go jump. And they get up there, and they're like, look over the edge, and they're like, and they got to sit down for a little bit and think about it, and then they kind of get over there again, and they're like, nah, I can't do it, I can't do it, right? And they, it, sometimes it takes them hours. I see people, tourists up there for hours just contemplating the jump, right? And when they finally get to the edge, and they go, you know what? Yeah, I push them. No. <laughs> when they finally get to the edge, they work up the courage, and they just jump, right? They're just like, yeah, and you know what happens? They come up out of the water, and they're like, what do they say? I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again, right? Unless you're totally chicken. You're like, that was the last time ever. I'll never do that, right? <laughs> Most of the people are like, oh, that was so good. And they're like, Psh. and my kids are just all day, right? Dad, 17 times. Dad, 24 times. Dad, I just, I'm like, okay, okay, right? Because what they did is they've experienced the blessing and the payoff of taking a step of faith. Amen? Here's the thing about tithing is it's hard. It's tough to part with money. It's tough to give something up for God when there's a risk and there's an unknown and you're kind of scared and you don't know and you don't know this. But here's what I'm telling you is faith takes action, right? If you chicken out, you could be robbing yourself of a blessing. And here's the only time in scripture where God actually says, by the way, this is a guarantee. Test me on this one. You know, it's an absolute guarantee. And what I know about my God is my God doesn't make promises he can't keep, amen? My God doesn't make promises he can't keep. Why would he say that in scripture if he's just gonna bait and switch and sucker me and make me look like a chump? Yeah, give me your money, ha ha, you lose. My God is not like that. My God says, test me on this, I'm going to bless you. It may not be all through finances, it might be through relationships, it might be through other situations, but you take a step of faith, you try this thing, it's gonna pay off. How do you know that God answers prayers? You pray, right? If you don't pray, scripture says you have not because you ask not. But when you take a step of faith and go, I'm gonna pray about something that I'm not sure God can do, but I'm gonna pray anyway, God comes through, boom, your faith is proven. You're like, wow, God's good. Here's what I believe about tithing. If you can take a step of faith and you can tithe and go, ugh, and then God proves himself to you and you're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Suddenly you have that much more faith in God to go, maybe that other situation that I've been hiding over here, that, that addiction that I have, that I've been shy to give to God because I feel like I'm unworthy and he won't do anything or maybe he doesn't have enough power because I'm just so addicted. When you learn that in tithing, a step of faith, God proved your faith and built it, you might go, I wonder if he could take this addiction away. I wonder if he could take this fear and this insecurity away. I wonder if he could heal this broken relationship over here. I wonder if I took the step of faith in tithing that he could actually help me take a step of faith somewhere else in my life and I could give more to him and he'll come through and be the God of blessing and the God of fulfilled promises. Amen? Amen. 
You guys see where I'm going with this thing? Tithing is a tangible way for us to be building our faith. It's like when you go to a mini church for the first time, you know, and you go with all those people and they're all happy Christian people and you go in their living room or whatever and they give you their cookies and whatnot and you're like, well, I don't know about these guys, you know, and you go there and they're like, hey, you know what? This is a, this is a safe place. You can say anything. You can trust us. Open up, right? And you're like, yeah, right. I don't know you guys, right? I'm like that too. And what you start to do is you start to like get to know them a little bit and then one day you risk something. I think I'm gonna share this right now. And you share something and you put it out there about your life and you wonder, are they gonna gossip about me? Are they gonna judge me? Are they gonna kick me out of mini church right now because I just shared that? And when you find that all they do is love you and pray for you and other people go, hey, I go through that same thing too and you can relate, you start to go, whoa, I can build my trust and faith in these people. And you come back the next week and you go, Maybe I can share that other thing that I've been hiding. You share that and the faith grows and the trust grows. It's the same thing with God. You take a step with your money. You take a step with getting into worship. You take a step in one area. You build your faith because God came through for you and suddenly you start going, he's a good God. I can trust him with more. Is that good? For me, that's what tithing does. It's one area where I kind of can build that trust. It proves my faith every time. Um, and I found, I found that, that the next thing is true as well is that it provides me protection. Malachi 3, 11 through 12, God says, your crops will be abundant for I will guard them. I'll protect them from insects and disease, right? He's speaking in farming terms because this is how they made a living back then. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they're ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed. That means I will give you a good reputation for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The, the, the lesson in this, the life lesson that I found in this is, the more of my life I give to God, the more he can bless. The more of my life I give to God, the more he can protect. If I'm gonna be able to say, God, here is half of the stuff in my life, I'm gonna give it to you. God goes, awesome, now I can protect and bless half of the stuff in your life because you're holding on to the rest and I can't get in there and I can't bless or protect it. Does that make sense? God's going, I'm not gonna force you to give me everything, but the more you learn to surrender, the more I can get my covering on and my hands on. And if you're gonna be holding on to this stuff, then I, I can't really bless that stuff because you're only sharing some of that stuff with me. The more that I learn to let go and if I can go, God, I'll give you everything, including my wallet here. You have control of my money to prove it. Here's 10% that's going in on a regular basis. Then God goes, awesome. Now I can bless and protect your finances. Now I can bless and protect other areas of your life. Now I can bless and protect you. I don't know about you, but I want full coverage when it comes to God's blessing, yeah? I don't want the Hawaii no-fault basic liability. You know what I'm talking about? I want the whole deal. I want everything. You know, someone scratched my car. That's covered too. I want everything in life, right? The, the money, the relationships, the, the, uh, the habits, the hangups, the fears, the insecurity. God, I need some help here. I want all of you, so I'm going to give all of me to you. Does that make sense? And so we can have that protection. That means stuff will happen where your stuff is protected, where I've driven cars before that aren't supposed to drive. You know, I've had, I've had money come in. that there, There's no way I was supposed to have that money, but God is like blessing me with that stuff. Stuff in my life, even physically, safety-wise, I've been protected when I can't explain it, when no one can explain it, and you just go, that was a God thing. God's on my side. Why? Because I'm trying to give him all my life so he can cover and protect all my life. Full coverage. There's a story I was talking to Pastor Brad. Brad's always got good stories. He's got funny stories, right? He's, he's, a, he's a young guy, but he's lived a pretty funny life. I, I love talking to Pastor Brad. So he's telling me this once. I go, Brad, you got any um, stories I could share for protection? He goes, oh man. One time I got into my car in Kanioi, got into my car, I was jumping in my car. I left my iPhone on my roof of my car, got into my car and started driving away. 
He started driving. He made it as far as the H3 turn over here, you know, that you, to get up to H3 or whatever. He said, I got as far as that big turn that was going up to H3. I had no idea my iPhone was on my roof. He goes, as I was driving highway speed, he goes, somehow, someway, my phone slid off the roof and went right into the car and landed right in my lap while I'm driving. <laughs> and he's like, no way, right? And I'm just like, no. He goes, I promise it slid off. I go, just physics aside here, that's not supposed to happen. It's supposed to slide off and go and crash, right? And somehow it slid off and went in and landed right on his lap as he was driving. And I said, and he goes, that's a miracle. Thank you, God, right there. And you know what? That is a miracle. But even little things aside from that, God is saying, hey, you give me more of your life. There's more that I'm going to do crazy stuff like that because I'm protecting you. Amen? But if you hold it to yourself, then your cell phone's going to fly right off and get destroyed. And that's, that's on you, right? You didn't bring that into full coverage. You got basic liability and you're done. And so this is what I believe about tithing. It's one more way to say, God, take this area of my life. You know what, God? Here, I, I got everything else. Let me take control of this, please, too, because I need some, some protection on this and all the other stuff in my life. And I, I know that there's going to be times when you tithe, and I do, because I go through them. I tithe and I go, God, how come bad stuff's still happening to me? Because it's not just about tithing, it's about faith, it's about the whole package deal. There's sometimes that we just go through difficult times. We live in a fallen world, don't we? It's full of sin, the enemy is around. It's a real enemy. Like, all of us are spiritual people. You never walk in neutral in the spiritual zone. You know that? There's never neutral territory. You're either for God or against God and you're on the enemy side. I mean, scripture is, says that in black and white. There's an enemy, it says in, in Peter, that is prowling around like a lion looking for people to devour. He doesn't want you choosing that side. He wants you to play for his team, right? And it says in John 10, 10, that Jesus came to give us life and life to the fullest in abundance. But the enemy, the thief, is here to kill, steal, steal and destroy. It's, it's a reality, right? You pick the side and you're now at odds with a very real enemy that's out there. Not to mention the world is a fallen world, so bad stuff happens. Plus, we make dumb decisions sometimes, don't we? And we hurt ourselves. Right? So there's all of this, but if we're saying, God, I need your protection, sometimes how come the bad stuff still happens? What I believe is when the bad stuff happens, the difficult times come, now you have a God that is going to walk through that difficult time with you and protect you. And it may still be hard, but think of what could have happened if you didn't have his protection on your life. Think of how bad it could have been. The other thing it talks about here is it talks about the, the nations will call you blessed. You know what that means? He says he promises to give you a good reputation. How many of us in here know that there's been times when we've been slandered against, we've been gossiped about, there's been people that tried to ruin our reputation and to destroy us, and we're just praying, God, somehow let me come out of this okay because I'm not a bad guy. What's going on? This is terrible. And God says, you know what? Because you're seeking me, because you're under my protection, it's going to get a little tough, but I'm going to protect you. You don't have to worry about this yourself. You just keep living your life for me and I will protect you. Here's what I know about a good reputation is you don't get a good reputation by living in the easy times. Anybody can live in the easy times and have blessing and profit and all that stuff and no one goes, wow, you're so awesome because your life is so easy. You know what people say? Your, your life is awesome because I've seen you go through hard stuff and you came out on top. That's how you get respect and admiration from your peers. Isn't that true? The way you get a good reputation sometimes, unfortunately, is you had to weather the storm. But when you say, God, here's my life, and I recognize that you're in control of all my life, he walks with you through it. So you come out in victory on the other side, and then people go, 
That's how that guy got a good reputation. Can I get what you had? You know, because whatever that is, it's good. And that's how we gain a good reputation. Amen? So sometimes a good reputation is not just a given. It, it comes through hard work and you got to weather the storms. But here's the last thing about tithing that I think is so important. It, what it does for me and it can do for you. And again, no guilt trip here this morning. I really believe scripturally it's not required or commanded, but it is a good thing that will bless your life. Here's the last thing that it does for me. It prioritizes my life. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Basically what that's saying is, remember where that wealth came from in the first place. And if you're gonna have hard, such a hard time holding on to it, you've forgotten where it came from in the first place. Is it when you put your trust in God and God blesses you and he comes through for you, how can you not wanna give back? Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22 it talks about, again, the law that he had on his people. It says, you must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of all the crops you harvest each year. Bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place your God has cho chooses for his name to be honored, and eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, the firstborn males of your flocks and herds, and here's the key lesson why we tithe. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. It's using the word fear there, not as like being terrified of God's gonna kill me, but as you tithe, you will learn the word fear means honor, deep reverence, respect, and the main purpose for tithing is this. It teaches me to put God first, right? Because I'm like you, we start thinking that it's all us, and we're the ones that are responsible, and look how good we are, and we got this, and we got control, and God is going, by having to sacrifice and be reminded every time you give that tithe, you're reminding yourself that it's God first. Do you know that the, the way that you call yourself Christian, we call ourselves Christians, it simply means Christ follower. That means Christ takes the lead and I get in line behind him and everything in my life follows by following him. Does that make sense? That tithing is another reminder that it's all about him, that I gotta follow him. See, there's this place I like to surf on the east side out over here. And not many of you have probably surfed it. It's far out, it's about a quarter mile paddle out. And it's got good waves and you can kind of see it from shore, but you can't really tell which is the good place to surf. And there's a lot of reef and there's a lot of vana. You guys know vana, the, the sea urchins? And I've fallen off my board before and got all skewered right through my shorts, right in my butt one time. I remember I was like, ah! And I was plucking things out of my butt. It's like a dangerous place. It's shallow. There's all this reef. Uh, my friend got bit his leg by a shark out there. It's like deep water. I've paddled out before and seen turtles like half bit floating by. Like, hey, there's a turtle. Oh, he's not moving. Oh, where's the rest of him? Oh, maybe we should paddle in, you know? And it's a, it's a dangerous place. There's big waves, but you can't surf every part of the wave because some parts it's breaking on dry reef. But the thing is, you look at it from shore, and if you're new to the place, you go, oh, that's a surf spot? Cool, I'm gonna paddle straight out and go and get in those waves. You can't do that because you have to know where to paddle, where the reef is, where the sharks are and the channel, and you can't surf every wave. You can only surf a couple of the peaks, right? And so what you gotta know is this. I've brought people over from the mainland before and I go, yeah, we're gonna go surf out there. Okay, I'll meet you out there. I go, no, stop. You don't know where to go. You're gonna get ruined. Here's what you need to do. You need to let me follow. You need to let me lead and you just follow behind because I'm gonna show you how to go to protect you so you can get the blessing that's out there. But if you do it on your own, you're gonna get worked. Here's what I know what Deuteronomy reminds me through tithing is tithing says the purpose of tithing is that I would put God first in my life and that I would let him lead in my life and I follow so I don't get hung up on the reef and sea urchins in the butt and all that stuff that could happen. 
because God comes first in my life with everything, including my finances, including my wallet. Is that good? See, tithing does a lot more for us than just like, oh, that church just wants my money. That's how they are. Nope. I'm telling you guys right now, not mandatory. But if you want your life to be fully blessed, you want to maximize the blessings in your life, try this out. God himself is saying, just try me. Just try for a month or so and see what could possibly happen. Because when I come through, you're going to be blessed. You're going to want to sacrifice more parts of your life to me. Is that good? The scripture we read in the very beginning that says the world of the generous can get larger and larger, or if you're stingy, your world can get smaller and smaller. It's about giving more to God so that he can give more to us so that we can be a blessing in this world. Is that good? Praise God. Let's go ahead and pray right now. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for a God that keeps his promises, that we can rely on that and we can trust in that. And Lord, that we don't have to doubt you. And Lord, I know it's hard. I know stuff with, with finances, giving all parts of our life is hard. It's hard to surrender. It's hard to, to, to let go of control, Father God. But I know that when we do that, it always pays off. Lord, even in the tough times, you're always still there for us. And sometimes we can't see it, but that's what faith is all about and things that we can't see, trusting in a God who we can't see, but we know is there and you come through and it strengthens and builds us as Christians in our relationship with you. Lord, I pray that we as Christians would learn to give up and surrender whatever it is that you're asking of us this morning. Lord, some people may be like stoked and inspired to try tithing and I pray that that would be the case this morning. Lord, that you would bless them. I know the blessings in my life, but Lord, you might be speaking to people in other areas of their life right now. There may be other important things that they're holding on to, control issues they're not letting go of that they need to let go of and give to you. They need to get in line and follow you as you lead. Lord, I pray that you would begin that work in their lives as well. Lord, in my own life as well. I pray that putting you first, that it would pay off and we would see that and our lives would be changed because of it. And if there's anybody in here today, you're a person that maybe has never made that commitment to even follow God in the first place. You're here today, you're checking things out or you're just interested, but maybe you're at the point when you kind of, maybe you got it today. Maybe you kind of understand what God is trying to ask of you. He's trying to say, come my way, put, put your hope and your faith and control in me and I'm gonna do some big things. I'm gonna change your life. If that's you this morning, right here, right now, don't miss this opportunity because you're scared to take a step of faith. Don't be robbed of a blessing that can come with Jesus in your life because you're scared and you're unsure right now. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. I wanna say a prayer with you if that's you here this morning just saying, I think it's time I gave God a try. I think it's time I just kinda took a step towards him to see what he could do. If that's you, I wanna say a prayer with you just to say, I I wanna try being a follower of Christ, a Christian. You don't have to make yourself holy or better to do it. He's gonna do that for you. You just come his way, no judgment, no condemnation, no making you feel bad. You just say yes to him and let him change your life. And if that's something you'd like to do today, we're gonna pray in a minute here. But I also wanna know if there's maybe anybody else in the room that at one time you feel like you were close to God, you did surrender to him, you did wanna follow him, but maybe it's been a long time. Maybe you did this when you were in high school or, or something, or just a long time ago you knew Jesus and then you drifted away. You got into taking control for yourself in your life. Well, you know what? Our God is a God of second chances, of third chances, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever. And if you're feeling far from God now and you need to get things right again and rededicate yourself, then I'm gonna pray for you as well. So if this is a first time decision for Jesus Christ or it's, it's second or whatever, you're coming back after a long time, but you really mean it with all your heart this time, allow me to lead you in a prayer right now. Simple prayer just to make God the Lord of your life that you would follow him and say yes to him and see what he could do in your life. And if that's you, 
There's one thing I want to ask you to do is, um, in a minute, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I'm going to say the words out loud, and I'm just going to ask that you pray them in your heart. It's scary to pray out loud in front of all these people. So I want you to just let me pray the words out loud. You pray it in your heart. God judges you on your heart. He hears you. After service, you can go and share and tell other people you prayed. But right now, it's a matter of the heart. And so if that's something that you'd like to do in a minute, I'm just going to count to three. Everybody in this room has their eyes closed, their heads bowed. But if you want to make this commitment to follow Jesus Christ or recommit after a long time, when I count to three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And when you raise your hand, then I'll know who I get to pray with, uh, the blessing of, of the privilege that I get to have to pray with you to make things right between you and God. So if you want to do that, then I'll, I'll pray out loud. You pray quietly. But, but when I count to three, if you would just raise your hand to let me know, Pastor, I'm in right now what you're saying. I want it. Ready? One, two, and three. Lift those hands and hold them up. I just want to see who I'm praying with. Good. I see one person here. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In the back, I'm looking around. Anybody else? Come on, nine, I see someone over there. I'm not gonna force you into it, but if God's speaking, you, you need to do this thing. Don't be robbed of what this could mean. Awesome, thank you, Father. I saw about nine, maybe 10 hands in the room today. Go ahead and put your hands down and we're just gonna go ahead and pray right now. Just make this a prayer of your heart. God, I'm here today because basically I need you. I need some help. I'm looking for direction. I know that there's more to life than this, what I've been living. So right now, Lord, I choose to follow you. I choose to believe and receive the fact that your son Jesus came down to earth. He lived a sinless life. He taught us how to live. And then he went to die on that cross to pay the price for all of us who would believe in him that our sins would be forgiven. Lord, I accept that payment. And I realize that on the third day, on Easter Sunday, Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He conquered death. He did the impossible. He proved he is the son of God. And he proved that what he made available is that I could have forgiveness of sins and freedom and a new life in him and life eternal with God the Father. And Lord, right now, I, I freely accept that gift that you've freely given. I commit to you today my life, not just this one prayer. It's not a magic prayer, but it's a start of a new relationship where, Lord, from now on, I listen to you. I'm going to read that Bible, and I'm, I pray that you would help me understand that. Lord, I pray that you'd put Christian friends in my life as I come to church, that people would help me out, that no one would judge me, but they would love on me and just help me to have the best life possible. Lord, that you would teach me your ways, that you would speak to me. Lord, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit that you promised to us as believers, Lord, that miracles would happen in my life as I say yes to you. Lord, I don't want anything to do with religion, but I want a relationship with a living God that has the power to change my life. So Lord, I'm saying yes to that. Lord, I believe in you and all you've done for me and that I thank you that I get to go to heaven with you someday for all of eternity. And Lord, that starting right here, right now, you will change my life. Lord, I commit to getting baptized to you, whether it's right here today after service or sometime soon, Lord, just as a way to prove to everybody this commitment that I'm making in my heart right now. Lord, all that you have for me, my answer is yes. Bring it on. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm jumping in. I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for what this has done. And in Jesus' mighty name, the church said, amen. Let's praise God for those decisions right now. Amen.